A lot to talk about every day. Rafi. Shalom Arav. Raita Masha Katafti? Okay, we begin. Let's begin. Let us begin. Okay, why is there so much to talk about? Because what's always important to talk about and to remind ourselves is the purpose of life and the purpose of, of what Hashem wants from all of us. And that's something that, of course, is very general and something that is very, um, very big, to say the least. You know, to think about what is Hashem, ma, Hashem elokecha, shoel mi imach. What does Hashem want from me? Um, I, th- I think that the first step that we can always remind ourselves of what Hashem wants from me is for each person to really um, ask himself that question. I think that's the first step. The first step is you want to say, what is it that Hashem wants from me. That's the first step of knowing what Hashem wants from me is to ask that question. If you never ask that question and you never ask, you know, what is it that I'm put in this world for? What is it that, you know, this world is about? Now, of course, just to be very clear is um, that Baruch Hashem, thank you very much. Baruch Hashem, we have uh, you know, a Chavetz Chaim, we have a Ramchal, we have the Tzadikim who could teach us the path of life. People, Tzadikim, who've lived life, to look at older people, mentors, parents, Rebbeim, uh, anyone for that matter who's older than us, who could teach us or that we can learn from. But one of the things that I think is, is proceeding to that and precedes that is for a person really to try as best as they can, for a person to try to really learn how to think for yourself, how to learn how to think, how to learn how to question, how to learn how to be honest, how to learn how to communicate, how to learn how to listen, how to learn how to talk, that a person Want, you know, it's very easy. Many times we talk about, okay, give me a handbook. Right, give me a handbook. So Baruch Hashem, we have the Torah. Baruch Hashem, we have the Shulchan Aruch. Baruch Hashem, we have Chamishei Chum Torah. So what's the problem? We have 613 mitzvahs. So what's the problem? You know what the problem is? The problem is the fifth Shulchan Aruch. There are four Chalakim of Shulchan Aruch, but there's the fifth unspoken Shulchan Aruch. I don't know if they say in, in uh, mitzvahs, I don't know how they talk about it, but it, right, it could be said like there, there's the 614th mitzvah, right? Daf Beis. Why do we start the Gemara on Daf Beis? Why don't you start the Gemara on Daf Aleph? Yerushalmi actually starts Daf Aleph. But why is the Bavli, the, the Gemara that we learn, start on Daf Beis? What about Daf Aleph? So the answer is because there's a Daf that you can't learn by reading. There's a daf that you can only learn by talking, by sharing, by questioning, by using your, using your logic. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem gave each and every one of us a brain. He gave us thinking. He gave us emotions. He gave us feelings. He gave us eyes. He gave us ears. He gave us a blessing of life to be able to think for ourselves what is right, what is wrong, what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. Now, Avada, of course, of course, we have, we have guidelines that the Torah gives us the guidelines that we work within. However, just with that, just with that, right, you're going you're gonna to sit with your wife and your spouse and you're going to be talking and you're going to run into a problem. You're not going to go ahead and say, okay, honey, uh, give me a minute. Let me go search in the Shulchan Aruch how I respond to you. If she asks whether the chicken is kosher or the soup or the kitchen counter, or this is kosher, then you could do that. But as far as building a relationship, that's something that a person has to really work in a different way to have that. And the only way to do that, the only way to do that is to get to know yourself, is to get to communicate with other people, to listen to people, to talk to people, to share with people, to use your brain, to use your heart, to use your emotions, to use everything that Hashem gave each and every one of us. So the first step, the first step, and I have a diak, I have a, a I don't know, how do you say diak in, in English? I have an, an, an inference, thank you. Not that that does so much better, but the Ramchal, when he talks about, when he starts off his Sefer in the first parak, the Ramchal says, Ma chovaso ba'olamo? He says, Ulama yasim adam. What does he say? Yisbarar, yisodach sidus, yisbarar, it's all the ma chovaso ba'olamo. What is my chova in my world? Not what's my chova in the world. What's my personal obligation? What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? What are my talents? What are my weaknesses? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? And how do I know that? How is my emotional? How is my cognitive? My cognition? How's my communication? How's my relationships? How are my boundaries? Wow. Two, uh, two holy people just walked into the base manager. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Wow. Wow. Welcome, welcome. Levi and Yaakov, wow. Okay. So you just you guys just threw me off my uh, what I was saying over here. Very good. Then, then what does the Ramchal say? When, then what does the Ramchal say? Ramchal only afterwards tells us what Hashem wants from us. I want to read from you also in Derech Eitz Chaim. The Ramchal says straight over there. It says Ramchal, listen to this. Ramchal says, first a person, this is what he says. He says, Rov Shnos Yamov, Omei Lachshov, Cheshbonus Asakov, People are busy dealing with their life, iske chayisha, making a living. The lamalo yasim alavava filusha achas, gam lazos lachshov machshavs meno. Listen to what he says. Mahu, who am I? The lama ba olam. Why are you here on this planet? 
What does Hashem want from me? What's going to be after I die? What's going to be? If you don't ask yourself real questions, if you don't get honest with yourself, and the only way you can get honest with yourself, and then, and then we'll pass the mic around, so to speak, the only way to get honest with yourself, the only way, the only way is with another person. It's the only way. Why? Because you could trick yourself. You could fool yourself. The only way you could be honest with somebody, now obviously you could lie to somebody, but the only way to be honest with yourself is to ask somebody questions that are difficult questions to hear, which is, tell me a little bit about myself. Tell me a little bit about myself. Could you help me know myself better? And when a person is able to humble himself and he's able to hear from someone else, who am I? What is my life about? What are my challenges? And I want to talk about it because we have a lot of work to do. I was just in one of the caravans. I'll end off with this and I'll let you guys go. Uh, just looking at Yaakov, you guys have to understand who Yaakov Munchik is. Just me seeing Yaakov Munchik in the base medrash, could, could, I could just, I don't even have to, I don't have to give sheer. All I have to do is just sit and look at Yaakov Munchik. If I look at Yaakov Munchik, I get clarity on what life is about. That's how, that's what, that's what Yaakov Munchik does to me. He gives me clarity of what life is about. So thank you, Yaakov. Thank you, Yaakov. Yeah. Literally, literally. I was just in a caravan, very impressed with the caravan. Um, uh, I, you know what, I'll say, I'll say who they are because it's a compliment to them. You know what, better not because it could cause someone could say, uh, 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 so I'm not going to say who it was. I was just in a caravan and I was very inspired. Why was I inspired? Because this is what they said, the caravan was clean, neat, space, spacious, had a very good vibe energy in the caravan. And this is what they naturally said to me. All of them said to me. I said, so who cleans up over here? So this is what they said. Everybody cleans up their own mess. I was like, oh my gosh. That's so simple, but that's so beautiful. Everybody cleans up their old, their own mess. Everybody cleans up their own mess. And this is what I said. This is what I said. I said... It's similar to the medrash, that the medrash gives an gives a, a example of people who are on a boat, and some guy in his room in the boat is going ahead, and he's drilling a hole in his room. And someone comes over to him on the boat and says to him, you're drilling a hole, what are you doing? So the guy's like, leave me alone. It's my room. And what did he say to him? Fool, you're going to kill all of us. If you don't clean up your own mess, when you don't clean up your own mess, and I'll, I'll finish off with that, and then we'll segue into today's shear. I've been speaking about it a little bit. I'll probably get more uh, into this this week because in my, in my morning shear, we're doing this with the Gra, where he's talking about chinuch and being a good parent. And I love talking about being a good parent. The reason I love talking about being a good parent is because everyone has it a little bit messed up. 
And as they, they think you have to be a good parent. You don't have to be a good parent. There's no school to go. There is no parent school. The school to go to to be a good parent is you have to learn to clean up your own mess. And if you don't clean up your own mess, what you will do is you will make other people smell and you will make other people as ugly, as dirty, as, as messy as you are. All you're going to do, as I've said many times, many, many times I've said this, if you are a grouch and you're married to a grouch, all you're going to do is create little grouches. That's what, that's what you're going to do. You're going to have little grouches running around. If you're a negative person and your wife is a negative person, all you're going to create is have little, cute, little mini negatives until they get bigger, and then they're not mini anymore. They're bigger. But if you learn to clean up your mess, then you will hopefully create children and you'll, you'll contribute to the world people who are more not a mess. Now, someone could ask, oh, what are you going to do? You can't have it all together when you're 21 years old. The answer is you don't have a 15-year-old teenager when you're 21 years old. That's why Hashem made it that way. That's not the way it works. By the time you're 30, you're 35, then maybe you'll have a 15-year-old. But guess what? I hope and pray by the time you're 30, 35, you are working on yourself. And working. That's why they say, they say Bukhar, the Bukhar, the firstborn, a little bit they say that's why he gets double. The reason the Bukhar gets double is because the parents are much younger and they're not as trained in their uh, level of, of, uh, of functionality. Functionality. Okay. So with that in mind, would love to hear the question and comments, how we can learn in this year. This year is dedicated probably forever. It's always been like this, but it's dedicated that we can learn how to clean up our own mess. That's what this year is about. I think that's what this yeshiva is about. How do I clean? Everyone wants to know, oh, this yeshiva. So where are we? Show me where your graduates where, what yeshiva do they graduate to? Where do they go? I say, I don't care where they go. I want people to learn from our yeshiva, from this culture, one thing. To clean up your mess. To fix, heal your problems. So that God willing, when you're married and you have little yous, you have little yous, then you have that, that little you has a chance to be functional. That little you has a chance to be mature and to actually contribute to the world, to be part of the solution, not to be part of the problem. So with that in mind, I'm going to make a shahakal. Thank you, Benachem Nachem. And then we'll take it from there. All right, who's going first? Yassi, don't tease me like that, Yassi. Does that mean you're thinking about a question? Ah, so it wasn't a tease. Oh, million dollars. Love that. Great question. Yossi's asking, what entails clean up your own mess? So let's talk about it. People who are rude, people who are rude are making a mess. Why? Because they're hurting the guy next to them. People who cut people off. I was just driving last night. I was with someone in the car driving. I get so crazy. I get so, I have, I have personal 
road rage against road rage, meaning I don't get the rage out, but I get so upset when people blatantly, we were on a, I just want to tell you, I was, I was last night, there was some traffic thing, we're sitting in a traffic jam, just sitting in the car, and someone starts beeping and beeping, and the whole oilum, the whole traffic, everyone's beeping. I'm saying to myself, what's going on over here? It's like everybody, imagine everyone standing online in a supermarket, and suddenly everyone going, ah! It's like, what's wrong with you people? What's wrong with you? And then what happens? You look at the person, and the person next to you is a wonderful person. He's a wonderful father. He's a wonderful this. He has a good job. What are you doing? What are you doing? So just to start, yes, you can start with so many things. You can start with saying things, saying things without thinking. That's a mess. Right? Let's start with boundaries. I love talking about boundaries. Why do I love talking about boundaries? Because boundaries is the first step to not making a mess. Why? Because when you make a mess, what you do is, right, in this caravan that I just was, right, I was just in this caravan that I, that I mentioned, right, and they said an amazing thing. Someone in the caravan said, yeah, if all of us, if one person, that's where I gave the muscle of the, of the uh, boat, if one person's a mess, they ruin it for everybody else. If your roommate's a mess, that affects you. If you're rude, that affects the person next to you. It's like someone who doesn't shower, someone who doesn't take care of their body, someone who doesn't put on deodorant. You're not just affecting your own odor, you're affecting the people around you. So that's one example of a mess, Yassi. One example of a mess is someone who, you ever, you ever pull into a parking lot, I love pulling into a parking lot, and every car, Every car is off the marker. Why? Why? Because one guy, one guy pulled in a little bit too much, and he overstepped his boundary. So when I pull into my thing, I'm over. So you got a whole parking lot. Why? That. Y'all see what else? Yes. What else? Give examples, guys. Give examples. Yes, Yudi. Wait, so what was that for? I missed that first point. So what are you saying as far as... Like taking responsibility. Taking responsibility. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Right. I just want to say on one thing that you said, Yodi, and then you'll go to the second thing. What happens is, because you triggered something when you said something, triggered in a good way, is that when you, when you don't clean up your mess, parents, let's talk about parents, okay? If I can't clean up my own mess, then who's going to clean up my mess for me? My children. That's a boundary. That's abuse. That's hard to hear. When a child has to be a parent, that's not good. Because children are not supposed to be parents. Well, if you have a father, 
and you have a mother who are out to lunch, whatever they're doing, or they're messy, or they're, I don't mean messy physically, or they have their issues, and I got to take care of my little brother, or I got to stop the fight, or I got to be the one who's the patient one in the house. I'm the one, that's not the way it's supposed to be. That's what Yudi triggered in me. If you're a healthy person, then I can write, what does it say on the airplane? If the oxygen, what are they, when they all get up, what do they say? Well, who do you put the, who do you put the, Levy, who do you put the oxygen mask on first, Judah? On the child or on you? What? You don't know. Well, you got to know. You got to know for the airplane, but more for the airplane. You got to know for life. Who do you put the oxygen mask on first? On yourself. Why? Because who's going to take care of the kid? If you can't breathe, you can't take care of your kid. If I'm not a healthy person, if I'm not a mature person, who's going to take care of me? My kids. Your kids are not supposed to take care of you. Maybe when you get to be 98 years old and they're older, maybe that's when they take care of you. But when you're a child, you're not supposed to be taking care of your, your parents. Your parents are supposed to be taking care of you. And if they don't take care of you, know what that's called? Sorry, people don't want to hear this, but this is what it is. Parents who don't take care of children are abusing their children. That's abuse just like if they actually abuse their children. Now, it's hard to hear, but that's the truth. So yes, Yuri. Thank you. Second thing. Yeah, yes. yeah I was telling to someone recently about it. It's not just with them. Like, I have this with the also that it comes to like, apologizing to people for things. It's always this judgment of like, what's he going to say? And that really he did this to me. And this happened. The other happened. And it's like, it doesn't make a difference. Like, regardless of what they think, like, I got to apologize for myself. I got to be my side of the street. Like, Beautiful. Really Beautiful. I know that that's like keeping my side clean. Like that's just that's just a rule when it comes to keeping my side clean. Nice. I can clean up my plate after myself at the lunchroom, even though there's 50 other plates on the table. So you know my plate's like exactly. it comes down to it, but keeping my side of the road clean. Like, Beautiful. So, yeah. Beautiful. Shkoyach Yes, I love it. I love it. And and you know what? People talk and and the reason I get so passionate about this, I just want to share. The reason I get so passionate about this is because is because it's so, 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 dot, 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 important. More than important. It's, it's the most, it's the most important. It's the most important. Because, because to become, to get married, you guys are at a stage. You're at a stage in your life where you can go one way or you can go another way. The world is going as we speak. The world is getting crazier and crazier every day. Every day, the world is getting crazier and crazier. And if you are not able to really take a hold of yourself, you're not able to stop, and you don't have time in your life where you speak to people, you don't have time in your life where you're exploring and having these conversations, if you're not spending time in your life thinking about what is really love, what's really a relationship. Forget about Netflix, forget about TikTok, forget about social media. They have already succeeded in destroying, in destroying half of your brain probably, unfortunately. The question is, how can I make sure that I'm able to stay in the game and I'm able to, to stay sane 
How could I stay sane? How could I build myself to know what's a real relationship? You know what, let me ask you like this. What's a real good day and what's a real bad day? How am I supposed to feel? How am I, you know how many times, right? We can get back into this conversation as we've had many times. What is wrong when a person says, I'm actually nervous to fly on an airplane? That's great that you're nervous to fly on an airplane, but you're gonna think there's something wrong with you. I'm actually, I actually had a bad day, what's wrong with me? Wait, I actually had a bad day, what's right with me? What's, right, what's actually right with me? I'm actually feeling upset, I'm feeling feelings. Okay, beautiful. Question, comments, please. Yes, Shalom. You mentioned in the beginning about, we have to ask ourselves questions mm -hmm. and, and get to know our, but at the same time, to ask from a Rebbe, ask from a, from a guy. So what's the balance? Because I know for myself, a lot of times I had a, a Rebbe and I kept asking every question and I lost um, belief in myself. Because I was asking every question to someone else. Correct. But at the same time, I don't want to make a mistake. So, always... it's, so it's all, you're going, Shalom, you're going all or nothing. Either I ask somebody something because I know nothing, or I don't ask anyone anything because I know everything. It's, it's, it's called balance. It's called learning things to ask, things not to ask, what to ask about. Why am I asking? Is it that I want, and I've said this many times, a Rebbe and a Talmud, and people don't like, like to hear this a lot, but I, but I love saying it. There's a Rebbe and a Talmud. They both could be very guilty of what Shalom's talking about. A Rebbe could love, could love to, to tell the Talmud what to do all the time. Wow, it's great. He needs me. He needs me. He needs me. So that could be good for the Rebbe, so to speak. But it's not good. And what are you training the student? Not, be independent. not to be independent. So it's a very dangerous relationship. Sometimes what you need is you need a healthy Rebbe to be able to teach a Talmud, a student. It's not just about me telling you, you know, uh, should I? That's, that's the, that's the million-dollar, right? That's the question everyone says. Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do this? Should I do that? So what you have to learn is you have to learn to ask questions, the right questions. You have to learn what questions am I asking? Why am I asking? Yeah, go ahead. For example, For exa so you tell me. You give me, you give me an example. What's well, an example of a question that would, be, that would be a question that's important to ask? Let's go. You can go with the shoulds. Who wants to go with any shoulds? Rebbe, should I work on getting up for shachos in the morning? What are you really asking? Is that really the question that you're asking? How much, how much time should I spend learning in the base medrash, right? How much time? That's different. Should I be learning? Should I be doing this? You could ask questions. How much time? What's appropriate for me? You hear the difference? You made the decision to learn Exactly. I'm in yeshiva. Why did you come to yeshiva? I came to learn. Well, how much time do you think is appropriate for me to do it? What time do you think is good for me to get up in the morning? What's realistic for me? How many hours, right, Aviel? I think I told Aviel when he first came to yeshiva, right? I'm putting him on the spot right now, but I, I was right. How do I know I was right? He doesn't even know what I'm talking about. When Aviel came to yeshiva, the first thing I told him is, you have a chiv and a mitzvah to play as much basketball as you can. Did I not tell you that? I did tell you that. 
because he didn't come here to learn. I'll get through the story in a second, right? He came here to play basketball. Now, Abiel, did I tell you what to be learning? Did I tell you how much to be learning? How's your learning going? What? What? It's going great. His learning's going great. His learning's going great. And you know what? And you know why his learning's going great? And I'm not taking, I'll take credit for one thing. Is that what? I left him alone. I left him alone. The only thing I told him was to, you could, he knows. Trust yourself. Trust yourself. Is that, did I, atamaskim? Right? Now that's maturity. Maturity is when you're able to learn, right? So Shalom, that's a great question. What questions do I want to be asking my Rebbe? What questions do I want to be asking someone? You don't want to be asking your questions. How much do I learn? How much? Do I learn? You could ask questions like, okay, what are the things I need to work on? When's the last time you asked somebody? That's the beautiful thing about being married and having a healthy marriage. Let me say that better. That's one of the good things about having a healthy marriage, not just being married, because you could be married and you can't ask this question. One of the benefits of having a healthy marriage is you could ask your spouse what I need to work on. And your spouse can ask you what you need to work on. And your spouse can help you figure out what you need to work on. And if you don't once a week have somebody who you could ask, what do I need to work on? What do I need to work on? Instead of you knowing it all. Now, Shalom was asking, oh, so if I, if, I, if I am asking him, so what do I know? You know. You know what questions to ask. How do you know to ask that question? You need, you need to know. Did someone tell you? No, you know it. Yes, Noam. Yes. For example, when I have a roommate and I clean up the phone after myself, mm. and he's staying a mess, how much I need to go to clean after him? Mm. Because if we're speaking about relationship, mm. then, uh, I can take the, the place of another person. The what? When he had to get a word for, for the other person. Right, so usually there are two types of people, right? Ah, oh, some karabas in the house. Usually there are two types of people, guys. We have to remember this. There's usually the, there's usually, I spoke to someone recently. I'll just give the classic example. I spoke to someone recently, and this goes very, very classic. This is very, very classic. Nachi's going to love this. Very, very classic, what I'm going to say right now. I spoke to someone recently, and I said to the person that there are two types of people. There's the guy who makes the mess, and there's the guy who feels responsible to clean up the guy's mess. Now that's a great shidduch. Isn't that a great shidduch? Oh, we'll get to that in a second, Yisrael. Right? What happens? It's great to have two people. I love cleaning up people's mess, and you love making a mess. So you need me, and I need you. The problem with that is, that creates dysfunction, codependence, codependency, codependence, machlokas, that's a word, codependency. But yeah, what? Or what? Correct. So if you, so if your, fa- if your father makes a mess and you have to clean up the mess, that's not good. If your child makes a mess, and I hope he does, because that means he's a very healthy child, and you clean up after him, that's great. If your wife makes a mess, and you have to clean up after your wife. Or your, if you're a guy and, and, and you make a mess and your wife has to clean up after you, that's not so good. We don't want that. 
A healthy relationship is I could help you when you're having a tough day and you could help me when I'm having a tough day. But if I don't know how to clean up after myself and you don't know how to clean up after yourself and we're in a relationship, that's a recipe for a disaster. Now that goes with emotions, that goes with intellect, it's go, it goes with intellect also. If, if I need someone to think for me, if I need someone to feel for me, zelotov, that's not good. Now, I could have someone who's stronger than me, right? You could marry someone who you're not such a clean, neat guy, and your wife is very, very clean and neat. That's fine. But the extremes are very, very dangerous. And the challenge, okay, we're getting into a little shalom bias, but it's okay. The challenge is usually we fall in love with what we are missing. It's very, very dangerous. Very many times we fall in love. Now, if you're, if you're a certain aware, you're aware, she's aware, you're both aware, that's, it's, it's okay. There's ways out of it, but it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. Healthy people attract healthy people. Unhealthy people attract unhealthy people. That's a fact. That's, that's one plus one is two. If you are healthy, you're going to attract healthy people. That's why they say, you want to know who you are? Look, look who you hang around. You hang around people who are open, who are honest, who are working on themselves. You know what? You'll probably be open and honest and working on yourself. Otherwise, what? You'll feel like you're the odd man out. If you're someone who's not honest, who's not open, who's not working on yourself, so then... Right? Then look around the people. It's going to be hard to be hanging around people who are, you know, who are not like you. Right? You know, no one wants to hang around with somebody who is not like them. We all like to hang around. We're all influenced and very much connected by the people around us. Some Karaba, what do you have to say? I love what you said about unhealthy people and unhealthy, healthy, and unhealthy. I just, um, I, like, with this. Uh, but you're saying about husbands and wives that attracting the thing with yeah. yeah. So I think that that's true, like across the board. Right. The more unhealthy a person is, right. the more unhealthy he'll attract. Yes. And even though that's actually what he needs, he right. needs that other. Correct. So if a person works on the areas that he's unhealthy in, right. he's still going to wind up attracting the things that he's missing, but because he's healthy enough, exactly. that'll be like a beautiful exactly. thing. Exactly. Correct. Correct. Exactly. But when a person gets married too early, right. and he's like like a mess, basically, and he's going to marry somebody who's a mess, mm-hmm. and they have two people who are a mess, and it's a lot harder Correct. to work on two people that are a mess Correct. And you're going to be a mess. Correct. And you're going to be a mess anyway, and she's going to be a mess anyway. Because we're all a mess. And that's okay. But as long as I'm, as Rapsum Karabah says, as long as I'm aware, as long as I'm aware that I have this problem. As long as I'm aware that I'm, that, I'm missing, that I'm missing this piece. As long as I'm aware. And the only way you can be aware, I can't say this enough, the only way you can be aware is through other people. Yes, you can journal, which brings you outside of yourself. You write, you gotta write about yourself. That's one of the ways for people to heal, is to write and to look at your life, but that's also, you're looking at yourself 
from outside of yourself. You have to be able to look at yourself and say, because we're very, very, very consistent. We're very, very, very predictable people. Like I've said many, many times, we're very, very predictable. The way you play ball is the way you eat, is the way you learn, is the way you talk to people, is the way you interact with everyone. That's the way we do things. There are no surprises. I spoke to someone recently who has a terrible relationship. I'm not getting into all the psychology of it. He has a terrible relationship with with his mother. He has a terrible relationship. He had never, did not have a lot of love from his mother. He didn't have a lot of love from his sisters. He didn't have a lot of love from females. Again, I'm not a therapist, but I'm just telling you like one plus one is two. And he's talking to me about how he's chasing the love from his spouse. And I just said, look at your history. Just look at your history. You're always chasing love from you know, from a woman. You're always feeling empty from these type of people, meaning not these type as a, a woman, but, but, but someone who's, who's a female, someone who's in a, in a caring position for you. And you're, you're, you're more comfortable. You're more comfortable running after what you're missing. And what, how do you know that? Look at your history. Look at your child. That's why childhood, it's so important to know. People are so afraid to say, how did I grow up? I was speaking to someone recently, and he, he, he has real, real, real anger and has a right to be angry at his father and has a right 100%. He could barely get out of his mouth and get out of his emotion to say, I'm upset at my father. Now, there's nothing wrong, again, our goal in life is to have great relationships with everyone. But it's also important to know what happened. It's important to know the facts. And this I'll say, and I'll end off with this, and let everyone say something as well. And I, I end off with this, and I'm going to say this, because I think it's so, so important. The adult is 100% the responsible one. The child is not the one who's responsible. Now that you guys are adults, you're responsible. Now you're responsible. But the eight-year-old kid is supposed to be irresponsible. The five-year-old kid is supposed to be irresponsible. The five-year-old kid is innocent. The 25-year-old, the 30-year-old parent is guilty. That's, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. Yes, you could be misbehaving. Yes, you could have ADHD. Yes, you could have been a wild kid. Yes, those are all the, the, uh, the, the gaslighting um, you know, subconscious, oh, but I was a rough kid, and I was a tough, yeah, I was a tough kid, and I, I didn't, I misbehaved, and you could say all that, and that's why my father, that's why my mother, yeah, that could, that could be, but you're a kid, you're a kid, it's okay, you're allowed, to, you're, allowed to, you're allowed to misbehave, it's okay, if you're misbehaving as an adult, that's when it becomes a problem, and by the way, by the way, this is one of my own theories. I've never read this anywhere, but I just feel so right. A child will become a child and will live out his childhood childness. And if he doesn't live it out as a kid, he'll live it out as an adult. A child will be a child. You will be eight years old. If you have to be 35 years old to be an eight-year-old, you'll do it at 35. And you could your whole life be living that kid that you never were. You could be living that because a kid needs to be a kid. And the healthiest thing is to be a kid. 
And that means, and how many times have you guys seen, I've seen it many times. You see a kid and he's wild and he can't sit and he can't concentrate and he's this, he's all over the place. And then what do you tell him? You look at him 10 years later, 15 years later, the guy's a tzaddik. Why, because he took medication? No, not because he took medication. I'm not getting into medication, yeah, medication, no, I'm not getting into that conversation. But the point is, people grow up. When you let them naturally grow up, when you make kids grow up and become adults when they're supposed to be children, then uh, they'll, 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 they'll become children. Trust me, they'll be children. What? Yeah, they stay children or they'll make sure to be a child. They'll have the fun. I know with my own, my own issues that I have, my own stuff that I have. A lot of the things I know, certain stages in my life where I didn't feel I was able to express me. So I still might struggle with those things. Still might struggle with those things. Definitely see with like immaturity. Yeah. Yes. And I know, I'm sorry, Aviel, before I get you, I know this is, uh, I know this is challenging. Um, I hope it doesn't, doesn't uh, I don't know what the word is. I hope it doesn't scare. I don't know if the word scare. I hope it doesn't. Well, trigger is good. I hope it triggers everybody. Um, I hope it doesn't, I hope it doesn't um, make you think that it's impossible to be a good parent. But, well, not but, I, I do hope that it scares you. I do hope it scares you. So trigger is the right word. I do hope, yeah, intimidates a little bit. I don't like that word so much, but, 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 uh, but I know what you mean. I hope it really makes you question yourself and say, wow, after this sheer, like, is it really that crazy? Am I really going to be a bad parent? Like, am I really going to be? That's, I, li I like that question. Yeah, that's a great question to ask because, because you want to say, I will do everything in my, my ability before I'm going to have children and move on to the next stage. I'm going to make sure that, that I at least am aware to solve your problems, you're not going to solve your problems. I'm at least aware of what my, my challenges are, what my issues are, what my problems are, and what i got to work on. Okay, let's, uh, oh, Aviel, sorry. Yeah, so I wanted to ask, um, first of all, about, you already said about um, the person is going to work on himself, so it's always good to ask a friend who, if you're married to the court of his house, we're already about like how am I behaving in this, in this uh, let's, let's say a situation or this one. I wanted to ask like sometimes you're not necessarily sure that the, the guy you're asking, unless it's already, so you have more terms, but how can you know like that his opinion will be the right, like maybe he's also wrong the right. way you read the thing? Good. So, so that's a great question. So if everybody's wrong, then that's a kosh on you. Good. So and if you don't have people who are around you who you can trust, then that's a kosh on you. So you got to get the people around you who you decide that I trust. I like this person. I like. I see he's a good husband. I see he's got a good life. He's a nice guy. Whatever, whatever your, whatever your list of what you need, and then you take it from there. And it doesn't have to be one person. Usually, if you have healthy, good people around you, you have a lot to choose from. Yeah, you have a lot to say, choose from. I work with Sam. I have a lot of people that I trust. Exactly. You there. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying there's a, and if you can't find anybody, then the kasha's on you. I have nobody who I can trust. That's a kasha on you. You have to be able to find people, yeah. And I wanted to ask, let's say about the example that I already brought about, let's say a kid that he needs to be like a parent. A parent. A kid, yeah. And he said it's not good, not healthy. Yeah. Uh, let's see that example. What will happen 
like what are the what are the ramifications of that? Like, yeah, like, yeah. And what like yeah, basically. So if we could, if we can. Um, Maybe talk about that next time. You can leave that as a question. What are what are some of the what are some of the um, results or the um, the ramifications, the toldos of somebody who has to parent? A lot of times, by the way, a lot of times, what happens? A lot of times, what happens to somebody who has too much, too much, um, too much responsibility, right? So. A lot of times, what could happen is that um, it's it's um, it's very hard. It's very hard. They don't have an intrinsic value of being loved. A lot of times, they don't have a a, a feeling of being appreciated for who they are. It could be that they have to always be doing for other people. Again, I don't. Want, I, 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 we could we could talk more about it. There there could be different ways that this goes. But a lot of times, if a person has to, you know, overly be, a, be responsible, then they feel overly responsible all the time. They never feel they can mess up. They never feel they can be a kid. They never feel they can, you know, just be human, right? Because I, I never was able to mess up. I always had to take care of everybody, right? Very mature, very whatever that, that might be. It could be very hard, very taxing on a person. Okay. Let's learn a little a quick halacha, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Um, what happens if you're sitting with a group of friends who are not speaking Lashahar when you join them and did not seem to have any intent to do so, and the conversation turns to Lashahara? What do you do? So we'll just give three things that you do, right? You walk into it. Now, if you know that people are talking Lashahara, what are you doing there? If you know this, this room is going to be people talking Lashonara, why did you pull up to the table? Why are you talking in the dining room? Why are you, do, why are you hanging out with that guy if you know he's going to talk Lashonara? People who sp- speak Lashonara usually speak Lashonara. That's the way it goes. But let's say you enter a conversation and people are talking. What are you supposed to do? So the first thing is you make up your mind not to believe what you're hearing. Try not to nod and, and be in agreement, right? Sometimes someone's telling you a story and you want to not feel bad, so you want to go ahead and try and just stay away from any eye contact or any agreement to what they're saying. And then you must not do anything to show that you agree. Uh, you must not smile. Sit like a stone. If you can manage to put on a sour face, which indicates that you are upset with this discussion, that is even better. Of course, if you can get out of there, you can get out of there. If you could say something best to say something, but a lot of times it's impossible to do that, so you just have to try and sit there. You could uh, say you got to go, whatever it is, try and avoid. My example that I give, when people are talking Lush and Hara, when someone is talking about someone, it's no different than watching a person holding a bat and hitting someone over the head with a bat. What would you do if you're sitting at a wedding or you're sitting at a dinner table and someone is sitting there with a big bat, taking someone and smashing him over the head. No, but it's different. No, it's not different. When you speak Lush and Har about someone, when you speak negative about someone to other people, it's no different than taking a bat and beating them up. So what would you do? Think about it that way. Now, obviously, you're not going to scream and run over to them, but if you look at it that way, it'll make a big difference. Hashem should help us all. 
incredible, Shem should help us have an incredible, amazing first day of the rest of our